0: The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagon Halls, or Success Publishing International. Worried about retirement? Want to travel the world or just be around to watch your kids grow up but you can't because you're drowning in debt? Now you can! With Heather Wagon Halls and the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. That's us. And this week's show is sponsored in part by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at keystoriches.com forward slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Thank you so much for stopping by. Welcome to the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. I am your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls. And that would be our maestro of moolah, Michael Terry. Hey, gang. And we will help you get your money mind right on today's show with the following great features. So, first off, what key is it this week? Uh, lucky number seven. Uh, lucky number seven. Um, buh, 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 buh. Break-, break the budget. There you go. <laughs> buh, 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 buh. Uh, today, Junior. <laughs> break the
1: budget.
0: Yes, yeah, so we are going to break the budget. So, those of you who have been with us since key two with our assessment envelope with our going green. In our organic view of our finances using our biological based approach to money management, we are going to crank through those today. So, we're going to be pulling those assessment envelopes out. So, if you've been with us since Key Two this season, go ahead and grab those. If not, never fear, because again, keysriches.com is here and you can get up to speed by downloading the past shows and all of the worksheets that go along with it. We also have a great moolah word of the day, preferred stock. And uh, we will get to that moment. But I want to tell you about uh, this week's other show from our sister show at unlockyourwealthradio.com. You want to you catch that show because we have Dr. Wade dropping in. He's our regular resident psychologist and life coach, and he is also our mastering happiness expert, and he's going to give us our next monthly installment for the master's course in happiness. We're going to talk about some of the different things that you'll be learning this week. So if you are interested in enjoying where you are, in addition to where you plan to be both personally, professionally, and financially, since that's the point of this show, and the fact that wealth is more than money, I would highly recommend you pop by and visit us at unlockyourwealthradio.com so you can grab that show and listen to Dr. Wade for this week. So uh, I did mention that uh, we have a moolah word. We do. Preferred Preferred stock.
1: And uh, one of my friends is
0: taking their company public. And uh, they're in the process of making uh, private placement memoranda and all of that stuff. And people are asking questions. Uh, well, what's the difference between preferred stock and common stock in the friends and family offering and all of that stuff? So how do I know what's what and what does it mean? And so let's start with, I thought that would be a great time for us to discuss what preferred stock is. Great. So preferred stock, our moolah phrase of the day. Is capital stock, which provides a specific dividend that is paid before any dividends are paid to common stockholders and which take precedence over common stock in the event of a liquidation. So, for example, in the liquidation, like bankruptcy or something, lien holders get paid first. So, anybody that has a bond or a loan, they get paid first, Mm -hmm. then preferred stockholders, then common stockholders, if there's anything left to liquidate. So, like common stock, preferred stocks represent partial ownership in a company. Although, preferred stock shareholders do not enjoy any of the voting rights of common stockholders. Oh, really? Yes. So, first in line for the moolah, the, you pick your battles. No got voting you. rights. Gotcha. Also, unlike common stock, a preferred stock pays a fixed dividend that does not fluctuate, although the company does not have to pay this dividend if it lacks the financial ability to do so. Really? Yes. So, the main benefit to owning preferred stock is that the investor has a greater claim on the company's assets than common stockholders. Preferred shareholders always receive their dividends first and in the event the company goes bankrupt. Didn't I just already do this? Okay. Okay. Remember oh, talking about bankruptcy. No? Okay, all right. So here we go. So preferred shareholders always receive their dividends first, and in the event of the company goes bankrupt, preferred shareholders are paid off before common stockholders. In general, there are four different types of preferred stock: cumulative preferred stock, non-cumulative preferred stock, participating preferred stock, and convertible preferred stock also called preference shares. So we can look into the other ones later. At a di- we can explore those on a different show because this is a big key, so we need our yeah, time really. for the key. But um, for an example, um, using it in a sentence, the average investor often grumbled about high-level executives buying and selling preferred stock, but that was the way the corporate world worked. Um, that's, not a, that's a crappy example. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. I, I don't think that... I mean, it's just because they have the ability to do that. Preferred stock is a different type of stock. It's sold yeah. at a different price. Uh, here's another quote. Uh, I re- I recently purchased preferred stock in XYZ Company as it afforded a greater current dividend rate than its common stock and allows for conversion to common stock in the future. See, so there are benefits. So it depends on whether voting rights are important or whether the dividend is important. So... Based on, you know, so let's say you like XYZ company, but based on where you are in your investment horizon, right, right. will depend on what you want. If you are older and looking for income and stability, the preferred stock would be the place to go because you know you're going to get a dividend and you know what it's going to be so you can start planning for income as you get older. So that's yeah. the benefit of that. But if you're young, you can fly by the seat of your pants and actually affect the the oh, direction of the company yeah. if you have common stock. But if you y- know what you're doing too. I mean, you know, I wouldn't know how to vote. You, you, too, big. It's, it's, it's too difficult to understand all, this, all the hoopla. now well does somebody get a pay raise or not that's 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 not hoopla that's true. that's that's a pretty simple voting yeah. issue mm-hmm. yay or nay give them a raise you know yeah. uh yay or nay change insurance policies yay or nay change benefits you know what right. I mean so it's yeah. all simple stuff okay. you know it, it just you you're unfamiliar with it. And so your fear of it tells you it's convoluted. This is easy to write it off saying it. Well, it's, I mean, you know, giving people a raise is that, I mean, that in itself is a, is a controversial subject. I mean, you know, the pay, you Right. Know. But if they're worth it, then you vote yes. If yeah. they're not worth it, yeah. you vote no. Yeah. Do you keep people on the board? Do you, do you have scoundrels on your board? You know, you can unelect them. You can put other people in there. I mean, that's the value. You got to do your homework. Yeah, but they give you all the information. They yeah. usually send out, you know, the stock people send out stuff. Oh, yeah. I get those all the time. But you probably just throw them away because they're thin like tissue Bible paper, you know? Oh, sometimes I get these you know, books. <laughs> I know. It's always just, it's funny to me that, that it's like that it comes on Bible paper. I mean, is there another meaning to that? Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. so thin. It's like, are these holy pages, you know? <laughs> are these that's some that's sacred called. information about your investment? Uh, I always pros- wonder. Prospectives, that's what they're called. Well, the prospectus is is what you get when you, like, your offering statement is what you get your prospectus. But then when you get your other announcements, you know, for, like, the financials and stuff like that, it still comes on that yeah, Bible yeah, paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. You know, so you always wonder about it. So, well, that's it. Preferred stock. And uh, over the coming weeks, we can explore the differences um, between the stock classes. And talk about those, because there's... That sounds good, yeah. Yeah, so we could have some fun with that. So, uh, uh, this week's key. Uh, Break the budget. Break the budget. So... Uh, For those of you who are unfamiliar with The Keys to Riches, or this is your first time joining us, welcome. Thank you so much for stopping by. We hope we increase your ability to manage your money more effectively. The Keys to Riches is a financial philosophy that teaches you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money. It also gives you specific techniques to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, save and invest, building wealth while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. And We do this one key at a time, one week week at a time here at Keys to Riches uh, Radio. And we're at the seventh key. So in key two, as a quick refresher for those uh, who are around for key two, we did our organic assessment. It was our key is take action and make assessment for key two. And because this is a biology based money management show, and because you already know to spend less and save more, but you don't, we have to look for something different. Most people, when they go to create a budget, the first thing you do when you sit down with a financial counselor or a credit counselor is they want to know how much you're spending and in what areas, and then they create a budget, but that's only part of it, okay? That's only part of the program because how many times have you created a budget only to blow it? We break the budget. We break the budget all the time. So why have a budget if it's so easy and habitual to break it? So we should just break it for good and get rid of it. But it has to do with a mindset and it has to do with perception of what's going on. And so I always like this key. Uh I always I I always compare and contrast dieting and budgeting. Right. And a diet is everything that goes into your mouth. Okay? A budget is everything that goes in and out of your wallet. When you go on a specific diet, whatever it is, it's something you are going on to if you adhere to some sort of a prescription. So when we hear the word diet, we don't think of everything that goes into and out of our bodies. We just hear diet and the first three letters spell the word die. <laughs> so, so it's got already right out of the gate, it's got Not that good. negative connotation, right? So when we make a specific diet or a prescribed diet, it's something we go on to and then consequently off of, because we can't maintain it. Mm-hmm. And the same thing happens with budgeting. And if you think about the root word of budget, it's French and it's bouget. And the original root of the definition was that it was a small handbag. So when we think of a bouget, we need to think of a cocktail handbag, a cocktail purse. Mm-hmm. So what can that contain? A small comb, Not a lot. keys, a few bucks. Yeah couple credit cards and an ID, lipstick, but not more. Pretty limited. It is limited. So you have to be selective about what you choose. And okay. so the budgets, you know, if you think of all of the alliteration or not alliteration, but all of the comparisons to wallets and purses, you know, you think about our political system. Mm-hmm. OK, so Congress has what? The power of the purse. So we all think in terms of this money coming in and going out, right? But with a in particular, it's not your oversized Louis Vuitton luggage style handbag. So we're talking something that's small. So you have to be particular as to what goes in it. And so if you think about from a money management perspective, a budget has specific things only that can go in it. Everything else is considered a deviation. It can't come with. So what does that mean? like from the grander scheme of things, something has to be left out, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. So we're coming from a position of lack. So how is arriving at a financially free destination coming from a place of lack going to work? It's not. yeah, Because we're focusing on the lack that we have as opposed to the abundance we would like to create, so our focus is wrong. Our focus is about lack. It's about abstaining. Okay, so what do we know about any form of abstinence? It's, it's biologically, we're, we're not... We're not we're, wired for it. We're not good at it. Yeah. We we, we want to go towards pleasure and away from pain in this moment. And when you tell us we can't have something, what does that do? It makes us want more. Yeah, yeah. It's just a natural thing, you know? And so when you deliberately abstain from things, think about it as that chocolate cake sitting in that wonderful glass, decorative storage container on your counter. It's displayed nicely, and you walk past it each and every day, and you say, no, I can't. I can't have that. It's not on my diet. And we just keep walking by, keep walking by. Pretty soon, your willpower is going to wane, you disciplined to dissipate because what do we know about those two things? That uh, they're conscious activities, but our subconscious behavior is going to override it, mm-hmm. and we're going to be we're overwhelmed. And then if you think back to take emotion out of the picture, and no seasonal except or and and uh, uh, hope for the best, plan for the worst. Our survival mechanism and desire and drive for satiety is going to be overridden, and you're going to be into that cake. And instead of just having maybe a little bit. Here and there throughout the week, you're going to eat all of the cake that's left. Yeah, baby. All three quarters of the whole entire cake instead of maybe a smidge here and there, a sliver. And so what the problem is, and and this is what I see with other financial gurus saying, cut up your credit cards and stuff like that. It's not about abstinence. That's the wrong approach. The right approach is how do I control my physiology so I can respond appropriately from a position of power and strength instead? That's the critical key. That's the shift in the break the budget key because instead of budgeting, we get rid of that and we have a healthy savings and spending plan instead, which affords us the luxury to have things now and enjoy things now while still keeping an eye on the future and contributing and building our financial freedom each and every day, so it 's about understanding and harmonizing the pocketbook it 's not about uh, restricting things because when we goof up it 's not about how much, okay because the goof doesn 't re- re- you know reside in the dollar amount. the goof resides in the failing In our behavior and our ability to override that consciously with our discipline and willpower. Okay. So what we have to do is we have to, the, the whole point of the take action, make assessment key is to assess our behavior. That's what we're really doing when we do the key two is we're looking for a behavior assessment. We're not looking for how much. We're looking for when and the why behind it. And that way we can make behavioral changes that can have long-term positive financial effects instead of just making budgetary changes, which don't affect the behavior whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have the discipline and willpower, it's not going to happen anyway. So that's why we have to focus on it from that perspective. You are listening to the Keys to Riches powered by Unlock Your Wealth Radio. This segment of uh, Keys to Riches Radio is sponsored by KeepMyID.org, the only service that actually prevents identity theft. All others are just monitoring services. Put your credit on lockdown with their special offer for Keys to Riches Radio listeners by visiting our website at KeystoRiches.com forward slash KeepMyID and click on the link to uh, put your credit on lockdown today. Remember to use promo code WAGS. So Key 2 got us started on things. So if you did Key 2 properly, you have been collecting receipts in your assessment envelope and you've just been stuffing them there. You haven't looked at them or anything. So what we're going to do now is we are going to take them out and we are going to categorize them. And the reason why we do it in this fashion, as opposed to just looking back at our expenditures over the last three months, is because what we're trying to do is capture patterns of behavior. And we can see those specifically in our spending patterns. Okay. And uh, I can give, I'll give you an example of a past coaching client here that's a really good one. So when we did our assessment envelope, yeah. And we were learning the keys as we were going through uh, assessing things. Um, and as you know, for those of you who have been with us th- since the beginning of the season at keys you know that you can do the assessment envelope and learn, but not have a conflict. So uh, some of the things that we were able to discern from this approach as we were assembling the receipts in their categories and then putting them on the savings and spending tracker is that you can see see a flurry of activity in certain categories at certain times of the month. And this is critical because we behave differently at the beginning of the month versus the end of the month and at the beginning of the paycheck versus the end of the paycheck. That's why we need that full six weeks because we have to overlap a full month and the beginning and end of a month as well as several pay periods. And so... uh, Interesting enough, you can always tell when there was the pay period because uh, there uh, the the husband would have a larger than normal bar tab. <laughs> <laughs> and you could always tell when the wife was experiencing some emotional calamity because it started out with a trip to the ice cream shop and then and then three or four different retail outlets for spending for some retail therapy. (laughs) And so what we were able to do is find out that, because here's what we know about money, okay? Especially with our biological approach to money is the things that we do with money have nothing to do with money, or its availability. It has everything to do with the way we respond to our biological processes, okay? And so, uh, it, and it also has to do with programming. I saw the greatest meme the other day, and I don't know, it didn't have like a quote from who had said it. So we'll go with unknown at this point. But this meme had said, the first time you do something wrong or incorrectly it's a mistake if you do it again it's an active choice yeah. it's not continually making the same mistake sure. it's now choosing yeah. the aberrant behavior or the destructive behavior yeah. you know the uh, non productive behaviors i like to call sure. it because it may not be aberrant but it could just be non productive uh, against what you said your goals were. So if you did your goals in key three, then this will make more sense. So, you know, you're going to break them out and put them all in their spending categories. So, you know, like, you know, car stuff has a category. All you have to do is visit our website at keystoriches.com and put in the search bar savings and spending tracker and you can download that worksheet. Oh, cool. And uh, so you can see how to map out the uh, 30 days of your month. But what's neat, by the way, by the the way the... It's laid out on the page, you can see, you can track the emotional challenges. Now, here forward, now that we've been, now that we're assessing our past behavior, what you're going to be doing is every day you spend money, the next day, you're going to make your entries. You're not going to do it same day. Okay. And the reason why is you want to have a little distance between. the emotional spending or the um, survival spending you did the day before... And today, so you can look on it, you can reflect faster. See here, it takes us a while, but we have to assess the behavior patterns first. When I get paid, this is what happens. The husband goes out and everything is, he's the big spender. By the end of the pay period, he's mooching drinks off of people. Yeah. So that's kind of his way of making up for it. So so he's riding this cyclical wave. And you know, you don't have to be that gregarious, magnanimous person and be the one to buy every time. Right. We just did an update on this, as a matter of fact. You know, you don't have to be that way. Even if your friends have alligator arms, you can politely decline or refrain from getting sucked into buying for everybody. Okay. <laughs> did you make that up? No. There's a, I didn't make that up, but there's a really great GEICO commercial for insurance, and uh-huh. everybody's at this big dinner party, and there's an alligator in a, in a suit. And he's trying to reach for the check. He's like, I got it. I got it. As the waiter, as the waiter drops it down. But then, like, he just can't seem to grab it. Yeah. <laughs> I can be like that. <laughs> Alligator arms. Oh, geez, I missed it. Yeah, what happened? Oh, did you get, you're so fast. Yeah, you're so quick. How did you do that? You know, and I love the guy that plans to go to the bathroom, to the men's room, you know, when the check's going to Yeah, back. oh, got to go to the restroom. <laughs> I'll be right back. You got that, Bob? Uh-huh. Thanks. <laughs> so uh, anyway, so we can start identifying these things. And, and so that doesn't have anything to do with money. Uh, what that has to do with is either the guy owes people, so, he, so we, he has to get out of the cycle of borrowing, or he has to not have the, or find another way to fulfill his desire to be approved and accepted by his friends. Uh-huh. You know, there are other non financially incumbent ways to endear your friends to you and always having to buy being that guy, you know, just means you're that guy that always buys. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're grateful um, or that they're going to reciprocate because, you know, we've got no seasonal sections coming up. Next week, and it's perfect in time for the holidays because, you know, if you think about it, giving is about the giver, not the recipient. And so when you're buying for everybody, what are you trying to achieve? You know, if it's just to make somebody feel good, then that's fine. If you want to be remembered, that's fine, whatever your goal is, but you can't do that. If it's going to be financially detrimental to yourself, we have to think in terms of the oxygen mask. In the event of a loss of cabin pressure, put your oxygen mask on first. It's okay to take care of yourself first. Charity begins at home. You must take care of yourself first before coming to the aid or rescue of others. And if you don't have an emergency fund, and if by the end of the pay period, you're now bumming drinks and cigarettes from people because you can't afford them yourself, then you have to reevaluate that behavior. Yeah. That behavior is not productive toward achieving your financial goals. And so what can we do to fix the self-esteem without going into debt is the, the question that we're answering. Yeah. Because it's a self-esteem question. It's not a financial question. It's not about if the guy made more money because if he did, he would just buy more rounds. Right. Because it's not about lack of money. Right. It's about behavior issues. Right. And again, that's all subconscious stuff. Yeah. You know, so we have to think about that. So additionally, as we're going through this, you know, so um, the wife was also self-soothing financially. With her little retail therapy, shopping binges. Uh, And and that's behavior that's learned, you know. Um, I had uh, another coaching client that uh, learned that if you get into a fight with your spouse, the first thing you do is go to the mall. That was ingrained in her from a child. Because when mom and dad would fight, mom would take the girls to the store and go shopping and buy things okay? And paid with plastic. You know, you never saw credit, uh, you never saw cash come across. It was always credit. And by doing that, by having that um, programming in place, you know, the at a small age, this is what is done, and it happens over and over. So the behavior gets reinforced whether or not you understand truly what's going on, the behavior, the pattern gets established. And what do we know? Once we start once we establish a pattern and we successively reinforce it. The brains, the neurons in the brain, what 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 neurons that fire together wire together become stronger. That connection strengthens, Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter if it's a good behavior or bad behavior. It just strengthens. And for her parents, it was inconsequential because they were wealthy. But her and her husband and their fledgling marriage just starting out, they weren't wealthy and they were going into debt. And it was ironic because the behavior spurred the arguments, which spurred more of the bad behavior. Yep. And how do you jump out of that? Yep. Well, you, you, know, you have to reprogram, say, look, if I can't manage my emotions, I need to learn how to um, effectively converse with my husband and, and g- agree to disagree agreeably, not get into a fight, storm out right. and hit them all. For some retail therapy to make myself feel better in this moment. Because again, all we're doing is placating survival mechanisms, fight, freeze, or flee. So when you fight like that and you get wore out and you don't want to fight anymore, you flee. And to the mall is not a good place. <laughs> to the mall is not a good place. So we have to we have to stay focused on what it is that we truly desire. And when we create our healthy savings and spending plan, we want to use this technique that I call not know just not now. And allow yourself or permit yourself to have that item, but choose another path actively say, but I, I could have this now, but I choose to have it later. And you don't have to go in a big discussion with yourself as to why, because you want to have a financial future as opposed to instant gratification. Although once in a while, instant gratification is nice, but asking that question and answering it, how do I want to be remembered? You know, and am I financially secure? Is this decision taking me one step closer to or further away from my financial security? And if it's further away from, you have to decide, is that okay or not? Mm -hmm. Because if it's not, then you need to... Forego the behavior and make a healthier choice financially healthier not just you know physically yeah. healthier yeah. Uh, but by making that healthier choice financially and physically it's also mentally healthier because now you have confidence and you 're building your own form of financial security and that is what we're truly after. It's not necessarily the dollar amount. It's the level of security knowing that dollar amount exists that we provide for ourselves. Thank you so much for stopping by for our key statement, key affirmation, and key action item. Please visit our website at keystoriches.com. And for the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation unlockyourwealthradio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2016 with all rights reserved for more information on the keys to riches financial wellness series please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com